I couldn't even take a shower without having a panic attack. Welcome everybody to the Tangible House Show. I am your host, Nick Sabatello, where I'm having face-to-face conversations with talented creatives who share with us their own incredible life experiences. If you're enjoying the show, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram at Tangible House and reach out to us on email via contact at tangiblehouse.com. This episode is with my amazing friend, Tiffany Cole. Tiffany is an artist, but has not always been so. And she tells me about how that all came to be and how before that, uh, things were not going well for her in her life. She was having panic attacks. She had lost her job, ended her relationship, but she was looking for something and art found her, which is, which is so, so amazing. And she gives so much great, great advice and talks about how something can always be done about it, no matter what, what circumstance that you're in. And this was honestly a, a really inspiring conversation that we had, and I'm so motivated, and I, I'm excited for you all to, to listen to our talk. So without further ado, let me introduce Tiffany. Hello, darling. Hello, darling. <laughs> I'm so sorry to keep you waiting. It's okay. I kept waiting as well. You in your studio? I am. I actually haven't been here in like three weeks, so. Oh, wow. Feels uh, a bit ghost townish around here, but, you know. Yeah, and for everyone listening, we're still in the midst of the coronavirus quarantine. Word. Yeah. Making the most of it like I know you are. Of course, you know, I have my, my week and a half of like, total anxiety, sadness, everything. I mean, you know, we all I'm sure started 2020 with this feeling like this is our year. And this is the year everything we could ever dream of comes true. And I have so many exciting things happening this month. And it all just went to shit. Oh, every single thing. Well, I saw, you, I saw you did um, an exhibition, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were, I know you, you had posted, like, I think that morning, and you were concerned if anyone would show up. And then I saw your stories, and it was packed. Yeah, there was, like, several hundred people there. And then, That's of course, insane. I got sick. <laughs> That's insane. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And, um, but that was before it was, like, really gnarly. Just it was, so people, it was so the people know that y'all aren't irresponsible. Exactly. We were like, can we get away with this? And then several. Like the last chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> coronavirus, but who knows? You know, I feel like I'm sure a lot of have like this psychosomatic illnesses going on because we're just all. Yeah. I'm curious, what are some of those. Um, opportunities that kind of fell through for you that this month was like commissions and stuff or no it was just some people that I was going to be meeting who I've been really to meet for but the thing is is like everything's just postponed you know you never know if if things will ever happen if you'll have the same magical circumstances to have things work out as you hoped but yeah. um yeah that's life baby i know right well i have these tragic circumstances to thank for um 
inspiring me to start this podcast that I've wanted to do for years. Um, I feel like I have more energy than ever, which is crazy. And I think that comes with, you know, the, um, the time you're given to reflect and to realize what you've kind of been doing wrong yeah. and what you've been doing right and what you want to focus more on. And, um, you imagine how it is in LA. You've lived in London temporarily, so you know how lonely it already is. It all, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But LA, you know, it's like you're going to a new event every day. Well, you know what? Jamie, Jamie came over last night and we did, um, you know, Jamie, of course. Um, and he came over last night and we did a little workout, um, outside behind our, behind my apartment. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, which was really nice by the way, just to see him and also just to be outside. Um, I didn't touch him, <laughs> but he, he, he made a great comment, which was that, which I think is true is that, uh, cause he's thriving right now too, you know? And, um, he was like, I think us as creatives, he's like, we're used to this baby, you know, like, let's, let's get to work and punched constantly. And being in fear constantly of, of having to hustle. And in, in, in that way, we have to be very grateful because, you know, we're our own, like, we're either going to make or break it. You know what I mean? No one told us, hey, you don't have a job anymore and we're fucked. You know what I mean? We have to adapt. Everyone has to adapt right now and just yeah. find a new way to play the game. You know? Oh, oh, the game. Oh, the game. And once you, like, really, you know, I've, I've tried to become a lot less serious about it and and be and About look at it as the game yeah. i have to otherwise i'll just be paralyzed you know i know because we can it all it's easy to feel like there's always work to be done because there i guess kind of is you know but at a certain point you have to realize like i mean i think that's where like setting goals and um priorities comes into place too because then it feels like you're you're not just looking at like a massive amount of everything in front of you. It's like, okay, I have these specific things that I'm trying to accomplish and that's something that I need to do myself. But, um, I yeah, want, this is a big call. sorry, I keep cutting you off. Keep no, I, you can cut me off whenever you want, baby. Um, but I want to know, I want you to talk about you right now as an artist and, um, you're a self-taught artist. And I think that's inspiring for young people and actually any age, really, um, that you, cause you, I mean, w w talk to us about like, what was it like, uh, when did you decide you wanted to be an artist? Like you didn't study it, you know, what was well, your job came, before that? It came to me super late, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, it just is what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I was a creative person my entire life. I was in dance from age three. I went to acting school camp every summer. I was in plays all year. I was, you know, I was quite a ham, let's yeah. just say. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I just loved to perform and create and, you know, um, yeah, and... Uh, when I turned eight, I was in a band for seven years. Um, and really? then when I turned 18, yeah. I and when I turned 18, you know, I had to like get a job. And I started working for my dad's company, which was like an IT company. And um, it was just like soul sucking for me, at least. Yeah. And if I work in an office, I will like create dramatic things to make me have to leave like i just i have this like dramatic i'm not a dramatic person but i cannot do that i would rather worry about money night and day and be in trouble all the time than live that kind of life it's just how i how i am for some it, odd reason i don't know 
Me too. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> We're like natural born hustlers. We'll like go get Indian food and plot out a new thing every week. You know? I know. That was fun. We ta- I remember yeah. that night we talked about like simulation theory <laughs> and um, <laughs> like, is this even real? <laughs> yeah. Because totally. your dad, doesn't your dad do, isn't he a quantum physicist? Yeah, my dad's a physicist and my mom's like a total hippie teacher. So I have like these two sides of me, very like cerebral, like overthinking. Yeah. And then like, everything's great. Yeah. Which is, is good, you know, because I think you need both, especially as an artist, especially as a figurative artist. There's so much, especially if you don't go to school for it, there's so, so much of a technical side of it. Mm. And then there's also this, once you learn the technical side, you just want to unlearn everything and just go crazy. Yeah, that freedom. Mm. Yeah, that freedom. Yeah, so I met, in, uh, you know, I was moved to LA and then I was surrounded by artists of all kinds and a friend of ours, this Libby Presnell. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever see her? No, I don't know uh, where they would. I guess yeah. out of an art event or something like that, but um, but no, I haven't run into her. <laughs> but she's this kind of person who you meet who's like really inspiring and like everything you do, she's like, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen, you know? <laughs> she literally came to my apartment and was like, do you draw or paint? And I was like, I never had. And so I, she, gave me some old paints. I started messing around. This was like four years ago. This was yeah. like maybe a year before we met. Yeah. And uh, I just became obsessed and through Instagram met all, you know, was able to reach out to like all my idol artists. And so you were already like following art. So it was kind of like in the back of your mind a little bit, eh? Yeah, a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was looking for something because I knew wow. that every single day I was doing these shit jobs that I hated. Although I did have some pretty good jobs, but <laughs> like, what are some of the jobs you've had? I've been like a personal assistant for like you know celebrities and such. Yeah, really an interesting job. Yeah, I think a lot of people in LA have these kinds of jobs, but. Um, Definitely wasn't for me. I kind of want to do what I want to do. And uh, <laughs> it's just the perfect thing for me. I was able to create. I was able to tell a story. I was able to be challenged. I was able to, um, I don't know. It's just everything came together in the perfect way. Um, your story actually of Libby giving you art supplies reminds me a little bit of how I was gifted my first camera because I was I um it was in the midst of when I was modeling and I had lost all the money that I had made and saved modeling in a uh a clothing venture that I had started and um that was right around the time when I had done this shoot with a photographer and I was like oh I I would love to do this it was the first time I ever thought about picking up a camera myself, but um, uh, couldn't afford one. And a really good friend of mine, like literally bought me a camera and shipped it to me. He was like, what's your address? I'll, um, I'm gonna get you this camera and no excuses basically, right? And um, my question for you, I'm wondering if, if your circumstance was similar to mine. I was afraid to use that camera for like two months. I didn't just dive right into it, which is so strange. I, I, um, I remember I sat her on my shelf for like two months before I put a single roll of film in and, and shot it. Cause I, I had this, um, I had built up these expectations of, okay, I want to, I don't want to just shoot anything. Like I want to shoot fashion. I want to shoot, um, these models and, and I, I wanted it to be so perfect and I'll finish this story quickly so then you can tell me yours. But 
um, another friend of mine who he was shooting, he was a photographer in LA. He had um, basically tricked me into shooting my first roll of film because he was like, I'm going to, you know, I'll teach you some stuff and whatever. And he had me meet him at a, a coffee shop downtown in downtown LA. And um, actually, I think he gave me the roll of film because I don't even think I brought film because, again, I didn't want to shoot yet. And he was like, you're going to shoot like right now. And I ended up, I ended up photographing the husband and wife um, owners of the coffee shop. Um, I remember, I remember them getting in like a fight and I made them kiss each other to make up for the photo. I was like, I don't want my first roll of film to be of you fighting. I was like, make up, kiss, you know? And I took like a photo of the guy, he, cause he went outside, he was all frustrated and he was smoking his cigarette and he was like all covered up in tattoos and stuff. And, and then when I got the, cause obviously I couldn't see the shots yet. I mean, I thought maybe I was just taking bullshit and I got the images back and they were all exposed perfectly fine and and it looked it looked really nice and so I was like all right let's go you know and then it was game time but I needed I needed to just do that you know right well I mean I would say I was somewhat of the opposite which that's good I think is definitely good I mean I kind of skipped over like a quite dramatic two years of my life, which was really hard, really difficult. I basically started having panic attacks. Really? Like, really bad. Like to the point where I ended my relationship, I lost my job, I had to basically move to like, I mean, have to, but I moved basically to like the middle of nowhere in Indiana Wow. Just to chill. I mean, I couldn't even take a shower without having a panic attack and like having to go to the hospital. Wow. So to me, that was like a complete wake up call because everything I had in my life was not what I wanted. I was living in a place I hated. I had a job I hated. I was in a like relationship that I shouldn't have been in. It was just, you know, it was just, I needed a big change. And like I said, like, I created this dramatic situation in my life to, like, pull me out of that. And it did. You know how both you and I are so into and believe in manifestation? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and how we also understand that if you're in a tough circumstance and you, um, and if you can't, like stay positive and, and manifest those things, then good stuff's not going to come your way. Do you, was there, I don't know, like through that difficult time though, did you feel like, yeah, I, you know, it was tough times, but I manifested this. I mean, how did that, how did it go from panic attacks to good things? Well, for me, it was, I couldn't communicate. I couldn't communicate that I was unhappy. Hmm. So it manifested itself in me having panic attacks. Hmm. I couldn't tell my boyfriend that I didn't want to be with him. I couldn't confront telling my job I didn't want to be there. I couldn't. So and then I got out of the situation in a negative way. And then I, again, got to this place almost like similar to now where I had no distractions and I could just focus on... I have nothing now so right. what do I want to create and it's funny because when I was in Indiana I started doodling and I didn't even realize that really? until like a year ago when I looked through my camera and found pictures of like doodles that I made seven years ago when this all was happening <laughs> that's like, that's wow yeah wow. and so you know I knew something needed to come into my life that I could really pour all this energy into because I have a lot of energy, you know, and I can either have it be negative or positive. So um, I, I started making the right choices for me, which led into, yeah, the manifesting of meeting Libby and then the manifesting of me just fucking around because I had nothing else to lose. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Nothing else to lose. You know? So, 
and you know, as an artist, like, you know, also I think in LA it can be a great place and it has its, uh, you know, goods and, and bads. Yeah. That's the way to say it. But, but you know, everyone around you is a hustler and they're all like trying to like get to a goal and they're all artists, which was really inspiring. And I'm glad I started out there. What, what do you think is the big difference between you as an artist in London and you as an artist in LA? Cause I, um, I miss the creativity scene, art scene, photography scene music, everything that London had to offer that I feel like um, LA is like almost in the dark ages compared to it. Uh, like we have, I think, we have nice things here, you know, like we have nice events that sometimes and most often like I'm not privy to go to, you know, they're like these pedestal type of events. That's a very LA thing, right? But in London, it, it felt um more welcoming and yeah there was always something going on yeah yeah i mean i think i was such a different person when i lived in la so it's hard to differentiate that i mean when when i first was getting started i was so focused on like going out and meeting people and like it was all about meeting people and making connections and then I quickly realized that like me, not saying that you shouldn't do that, but me putting so much effort and time into that. Yeah. Well, produced almost nothing. Mm. Like I had this, oh, if I meet the right person and if, if I do this and this, then all my dreams will come true. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> right. I had to spend the time in the studio. I had to work my, my own ass off and um created all all on my own in a way i mean we all like rely on so many people and stuff like that but there was no getting around like actually putting in the time yeah and creating the product um so i think when i came to london and i didn't really know anyone and i was so lonely and I had time to really like create product. I, I was able to learn that valuable lesson and get away from this like, oh, I need to like get a new outfit to go to this fucking art show and meet this cute photographer Nick <laughs> I know, well, just so everyone knows, we did meet at an art show. <laughs> we did. And I was wearing a matching, I mean, not intentionally matching outfit with, a painter friend of mine. With Libby, right? Yeah, with Libby, yeah. Yeah, and then Jamie and I, we were basically matching, I think, like in both, <laughs> we were probably both wearing all black like we normally do, and we yeah. had his four kids with us. <laughs> yes. You know? Oh, that was great. I remember that. I remember like that show, probably just because we had met, you know? So that stands in my mind. But that was LA, you know? Yeah. Like, but time. here that doesn't happen. I go if I go to an art show, it's a, it's a secondary thought. I'm there for ten minutes, and I, I leave. I'm not like hmm. you know. I, I just have a different mindset. Yeah. Not yeah. It's not so. Yeah. You know, I used to be like, yeah, when the, we're all dressed up. Look at us. Come meet. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like, oh, too <laughs> Um, it's kind of a mix of both, let's just say. But the most important is just creating. Yeah, I think so too. At the same time, I'm going through, um, I think, a change in my thinking as an artist where, and my, my mind's a little different than, than artwork because I have to, like, I need other people to shoot for, for fashion, that is. And, um, I was talking about this with Lucas on the first episode and, um, and he, he had like around the same time as me, kind of this new year, 2020 mindset of shooting less, but shooting just, you know, more quality stuff. And um, it's so hard. Cause you know me, I love being around people and, and shooting for me is, is just as much of a, um, 
it's like hanging out almost, you know, for me. Um, and like, I'd rather, I'd rather shoot like a photograph a friend than go out to a club or something or, or do whatever. And that's kind of been my mindset for the last few years has just been saying yes to so many shoots and wanting to just do so many shoots because I just genuinely enjoy the shooting process so, so much. But I think, um, the I know the type of work that I want to be putting out and I see the, you know, the images that I love to save and to share from past iconic photographers and things. And, um, and I know that to take, to take the work to the next level, it's, it's putting in the time to, um, you know, develop these right concepts and put together mood boards and all these things so that I can be shooting for, for magazines and, and all of that. But, ah, it's such a tricky balance because then at the same time, I'm thinking how um, it's also important to shoot as a photographer, your, your personal work and to do your personal shoots that like are a hundred percent yours and not, you know, for a magazine and their direction and for their style and stuff. And, um yeah it's, it's tricky but i i feel like it's important for me right now as a photographer to um just i'm i'm noticing to slow down yeah 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 i mean i think we, we go through like phases and mm -hmm. i think each phase is very important you know like when i first started i mean i like first first started drawing i mean i would like beg not beg but like if somebody had interest i'd be like oh my god oh my god you know like yeah yeah give the person your product for anything you know it, it just the fact that people wanted it was the goal yes you know? and even if they wanted to pay nothing or or you know su super low prices or whatever it wasn't really about that it was just about like you love oh, seeing somebody has an interest in something that you're doing and then as you get like i know you know when I first started having this as more of a full-time job, I was basically just doing commissions. Yeah. It's like only commissions. Which and you it was, frustrated about. Oh too, yeah. You told me. I, mean, I at least I was making money and I was able to like pay my bills, but I was doing stuff I really, you know, wasn't like passionate about necessarily, but I, I knew I'm still doing art. I'm still working on my craft. I'm getting better each time. And the commission process is such an important uh, thing to me. It may not be to, to, to other artists, you know, or whatever. But, um, but then I, I really realized I need to start getting away, away from that. And then I started, I created a style with my originals that people really seem to like. And now I'm doing hardly any commissions and just selling my original work, which yeah. is next goal and then you know I, I i see like you know i think studying people who have the career that you want and seeing the steps that they've taken is yes. very important it could be different but especially in fine art i mean there's you could be i could be selling art for ten dollars on etsy or i could be putting my art on a like cute like, like totes or i could be doing art for books or there's so you really need to, to dis, decide you know, decide kind of like where you want to be like do you want to be an artist working with galleries and go that way do you want you know so I, I once will, I really yeah I will say that um I agree with you 100% and that the best way to I think to give advice to artists listening to this on how to figure that out if they do have like let's say let's say that person is is you you know that they look up to and they want to have that similar um lifestyle and uh way of being as an artist right um they need to talk to you because what i realized is that social media doesn't tell all of course not and um some of the artists photographers that I most admire their work that they're putting out, um, especially their editorials for magazines. When mm -hmm. I then talk to them about, just I, when I then get to know them because I tend to uh, maybe become friends with them or something through just 
corresponding on Instagram or whatever, you know, they let me know that obviously they're not making their money on these editorials because in the photography world, that's, um, that's kind of how it goes that they make money on, um, shooting prime. What's it called? Primark or Primart or whatever in London, Primark, you know, and stuff like that. Like, and like the store catalog stuff and all of that. And they're like, yeah, I do. I, I do this once a month for them. And, you know, I get paid my six grand and that's my bills. And I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. You know? And then I start thinking about, about that with me and how I think I've, I think I've said no to the business part of it for so long because I felt like me as an artist was going to be tarnished or, or I think I, again, I think looking at social media, I looked at these photographers before I knew all this and I was like, they're not doing that. They're just shooting what they want. They're shooting, you know, the models that they want and the concepts that they want. And, um, you know, they're not, they're not doing these kind of boring commercial shoots. These guys shoot film, they print in the dark room. And then, and then they're like, no, like I have a digital camera that I shoot this kind of crap for. And like, I don't show anybody. Exactly. You know? And I think, um, I mean, you can get to that point, but it usually entails doing a lot of shit you don't want to. Yeah. Cause as an artist, it's really easy to, I don't want to say be lazy because we work so hard and like you could be, you know, drawing for hours. I could be editing for hours and hours and that's still work, but then it's, it's working on something that we really want to, to work on as opposed to, I think um, it's easy as an artist to want to avoid to do the work we don't want to do, which is those commission, those, you know, boring jobs. But um, yeah, it's a shift. I think it's a shift in mindset that it's okay. I, I need to do these types of things so that I have a job so I can make money. I don't want to, I want, I want to be a professional artist, not an artist. Exactly. So right. And, and if you think of it, like, Anytime anyone wants something that you're creating, how beautiful is that? And that's the goal. Yeah. Like, and, and you just have to know, like, when you're first starting out in anything, you are going to be hit with a fucking mountain of viewpoints. Yeah. Every single person is going to tell you, do this and do this, and this is the right way. And blah, blah, blah. Fucking hell. I cannot tell you, like, when I first started how it was like, oh no, the first piece you make, you should make it $20,000 because if yeah. you sell for less, people are going to just think you're shit. <laughs> uh, or like, no, no, do it for like $20 and then sell 20 of them a day. You know, it's just like, oh my God. I know. You have to develop your own stable datums. You know what I mean? And that will come with trial and error and that will come with, you know, your own gut and that will come with, watching other people do things and seeing how they do it and duplicating it. You know, like if you ask any gallerist, how do I contact you? They'll be like, don't call, don't email, don't show your face. Don't ever say hi. <laughs> you know, like we want to find you, you know? And if you follow that, I mean, it, it may be successful for some people, but um, you need to make yourself known. <laughs> yes. That's extremely important because that's how you're going to find clients is consistently making yourself known getting attention you need to get attention what advice would you give to artists who are um trying to figure out their style or feel like they have like let's say they feel like they have the technical part down they're like okay i i can draw i can paint or as a photographer i can take a nice picture or something um but how do you how do you develop a a style to me, how, did, how has your style been developed over the years you know well it's interesting because i even look back at my first art pieces i made which were just horrendous but i mean some people like them which is why i continue but even <laughs> in them i still see the same style i have today which is so interesting but you know i think it's a never-ending quest to like create the thing you want in your mind. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever get there. And to be honest, I'm surrounded by some of the best, most acclaimed painters and you know, they'll create something and five minutes later fucking hate it and never want to see it again. Wow. And that's how I feel 
a lot of times about my own work as well. And I think that's a, that's actually a good thing, you know, because it keeps us going and it keeps us going. Like, so. Did you ever hear that story about um, Picasso? Apparently it's a true story that I guess he invited like a gal, and, and if you have heard this, I'll still say it so that other people can hear too, but um, I guess he had invited a gallery owner or someone um, like an art buyer to come to his studio and to see, he had just finished something like 12, 12 original portrait paintings. And um, the person, again, let's just assume, I think it was a gallery owner was like, these are amazing, like we have to show these, like when do you wanna do a show, blah, blah, blah. And he, Picasso picks up his, you know, what do you call it? Like the palette knife thing, mm -hmm. the paint palette. And he goes and he slashes an X through all 12 of the paintings. And he says, um, these aren't my best work. I don't want anyone to see these. But the guy loved them, you know? And so then it's that, that to me, it's a great story yeah. because, um, I think as artists, we have to be reminded that first and foremost, you are creating for yourself first and, and you have to be proud about what you're putting out or else why are you doing, why are you doing it in the first place? I agree and disagree. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> because, um, I, I mean, again, like, I thought maybe I was the only one. So I'm sure as an artist, sometimes you think, God, I'm, I suck, you know, and I don't want to feel this way about my work, but then you talk to, to your idols and they're like, yeah, I pretty much hate everything I do. I like one thing about it, and then in two weeks, I never want to see it again, you know, yeah. like, um, and, but you've got to stay consistent. You, you can't let, and I remember when I was first starting, and especially drawing the human figure, fuck's sake. I mean, it was, I'm, my, the first time I did life drawing was like, I was invited to this private life drawing at this like, uh, kind of big artist house. And I walk in and there's all these like legends and I'm just like, fuck, in hell. I drew a boob, I swear to God, for two hours, one boob, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And um, I was always frustrated and I always wanted to give up. And I always was like, I'm shit, I'm shit. But every single person was like, you've got to push through that. You've got to push through that. And just keep sharing. People want to see art. People want to see what you're creating. You know, and um, one of my favorite artists, Martin Campos, like, He's like, post the ugly stuff and like, make bad, make ugly art. Hmm. And he really like, inspired me to like, stop being precious, you know? What's his name? Martin Campos. Okay. He's so brilliant. I mean, he's oh. one of these artists who like, talks to you with their eyes closed. Just like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like he's so deep. Oh. Yes, thinks so deeply about it. True artists, true artists, you know. And uh, just surround yourself with other artists as well. I, so, I wanted to say what, what he said, Martin Campos, about make ugly art resonates with me because yesterday I had a call, an episode with um, Laurel Tama, who is a model and has recently picked up a camera and been getting into photography. And she is just drop dead gorgeous you know and um i don't think she fully sees herself in that way you know uh that'd be pretty vain but she does these self self portraits yeah she's like i'm a hot bitch she does these self portraits that again like i i view as absolutely beautiful and she kind of said she said something along the lines of um she she doesn't try to make herself look pretty you know, and that if anything, she does try to take the ugly picture. And she said she sees beauty in not perfect images and not perfect art. And um, and I needed to hear that too, because I was telling her that, um, you know, I'm in isolation right now, but I do have my camera and I do have some film. And like, I kind of would be 
interested in taking some self-portraits of my of, of my own right now because um, I think as a photographer it's interesting I would say that mo most photographers and iconic photographers have these well-known self-portraits of them I think as a photographer it's I don't know it's something that comes naturally um, to do and I'm find I'm in a, diff a, a difficult place with it because um, I keep comparing myself back to when I you know, used to model and everything and wanting to make the image look like one of me modeling and like so perfect. And I'm not the same body as I was seven, eight years ago. Yeah, eight years ago when I was modeling. And um, I think I'm going to, instead of, look, instead of going in, because after I talked with her, I was like, okay, I'll go into it and not try to make such a pretty picture. But I kind of like what you said and what this artist, Martin Campos, said of go into it and, like, make it ugly. Like, kind of purposely, you know. Don't just fucking go for it. Yeah. I, I like that. And then and then I think you can, like, just <sighs> exhale after that and just be like, fuck, okay. I'm an you ugly motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like we're, we're upset. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> French, but like, <laughs> I'm so self-conscious, and I, I was painfully self-conscious when I was a teenager. Like, I I was so mean to myself. You know what I mean? I was like teased, like nobody's fucking business, and and now I like pose nude for artists half the week, you know, and also for myself. And yeah. that that's a whole nother conversation that transition but um but like when you focus so much and this is also something I constantly do but I, I really liked what you said that really made me think when you're focusing so much on this this one energy of like must be perfection and must be uh, you know just try reversing that mm. just see what happens and there's you know it, it can it can give you that freedom and, and that was perfectly said like that you know yeah it's like like if you're feeling like really anxious about something sometimes i'll like just even make it even more i'll just be like oh my god i'm so anxious and then it'll just kind of go away yeah yeah but yeah that's a really interesting point um, what is you and I both love setting goals. <laughs> what are some of your goals for for this year? Um, so, you know, I think in the past year, I, or in the past few months, maybe I've become more, you know, I've, I've reached these small goals, or big goals, some of them, and I've focused more on like, where do I want to be? Where do I, where am I going with all this? You know, because I can kind of just like come here every day and make something and sell it and then make something again and sell it. But like ultimately, where do I want to go? Because I find when I name something that I want, it like the universe creates it. Yes. And um, some people believe like you should just let it come as it is and don't focus on it, but that's not really how I've found that things work out for me. You know, I'm not saying you have to be obsessed and like, if you don't reach this goal, you're shit, you know, not at all. But like, um, I have big dreams. What do you want? What are your dreams? Tell me all of them. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't like to share them. I want because... one. <laughs> well, um, and it can be a little abstract. Like I, again, I've been on this kick of like finding these inspiring photos of the past and sharing them for other people. And I think I'm doing that. I'm really doing it for myself to hold myself accountable and to get inspired. And I want just very simply to create work that other people find just as inspiring and want to save and want to reference and, stuff that is timeless and iconic and things that'll live on after, you know, I'm, I'm dead. 
And I think from there that those kinds of, that such an abstract thought like that without being super specific puts to mind, okay, in order to do that, I need to maybe do gallery shows and like get well known in that way. Or, you know, I need to be working with, you know, quote unquote, like bigger, more professional models and, 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 and bigger, more professional teams and shooting for bigger, more professional magazines. And, and then those specific goals came from this one kind of abstract thought. And I, and I, and I have, I think um, for my, just the way my brain works, maybe I found that that is helping me as opposed to um, focusing so hard on like such a specific task. 100%. We've sat down, we've, you know, written things out and broken things down. And I think that's extremely important. Like you need to name your goal and then you need to break it down in steps. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just this nebulous, like, how the fuck am I going to get there? Not to say that it's not going to change with what you learn on a daily basis or whatever, but um, there is a way. There's a way. There's a way. But yeah, I mean, obviously, I just want to like, I just want to create some fucking big effects, you know. Yeah. And I'm so happy that I get to communicate with and model for, and you know talk to some of my favorite artists in the world. I'm so happy to be at that point. I mean, I pinch myself every day just, you know. I want, I do want to get specific with you though, because I know you very well. And I know that, um, and you've mentioned this multiple times in our talk that you have a tendency to be hard on yourself and hold yourself to like a really, really high standard, which is amazing. I'm nervous that like, if you make like these things that you're setting as, as goals, I just want to make sure that um, when they come that you're super proud of yourself and not then like being like, okay, then it's the next bigger thing, you know? And I, 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 I do have these specific things in my mind that I, that if I reach them, um, then I've realized that I'm on the, the right path of like not climbing uphill. Yeah, I want I want it to be like, okay, I'm climbing the mountain right now. I want to get to the top and then and then I want to hang out up there. I don't want to then like necessarily go up this other bigger mountain. Um sure. it, or maybe it's just a different mountain and I'm learning different things and we never stop learning of course, but like I know that I know that I would like to to shoot you know, Vogue and these other magazines that I looked up, up to, um, a lot of independent ones, actually, a lot of London-based magazines that I really like, covers for covers for them and, um, you know, shoot campaigns and billboards that people can get inspired by. And and I think that those, yeah, that would be my, ask, my part of the specific goals for me, um, yeah. that once I reach those, you know, then it's, it's maybe more of them, you know, like, I want to accumulate more of those. Because without a goal, it's dead. Yeah. Like, you know, if you really look at like what brings you happiness, and I mean, you know, I know for me, like when I set an intention and I then overcome all the things that fucking try to push me off that intention, it's overcoming those things that bring me happiness and those little wins, you know, they they keep you going because you need something to keep you going. Like this is not an easy life. No, not an easy life. You know, I remember when I first started, I was talking to this painter who like is pretty, is very successful. And he was like, you should just go to school and become a lawyer. And I was like, Fuck you, I'm gonna do it, bitch. <laughs> now I look back and I'm like, mm. maybe I should. Maybe I should. <laughs> the time. I mean, I don't do anything if it doesn't have to do with art. I don't yeah. do like, literally anything. This is art, you know, and I'm the same way. I feel like I need these kind of tangible relationships and doing tangible things that feel real to me to feel to feel something. I just want to feel. 
every day, you know? Um, I, I was reminded when you said that lawyer story though, I was reminded of, I mean, I think there was a time when both you and me in London had like less than 20 pounds between us, you know? And Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a, a great, a great reminder to, to listeners and artists and stuff and people who look up to artists that um, it's not all about the money. And, um, Certainly and, and, not. and then Certainly we, were, we were also, <laughs> we were positive though, in those circumstances. And, um, we still created, found a way to create, um, and we still found a way to get like our five, five pound coffee. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we're, we're terrible. We're the worst fucking people with money. <laughs> we're, we're terrible. We're terrible at being broke. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I have friends, like my, my friend Andre. Um, I remember when I had like no money. Like, let's say, I think I had like 100 pounds in London at one point. And he was like, okay, I could, he's like, I could make that last like a month or something. I'm like, this won't last me two days, bro. <laughs> like that Aziz Ansari joke, you know, his parents came from India and they had like, $20 in their pocket and they made their whole life and they went to school and they, and then you know it's like our generation is like spends night the first nine dollars on a pressed juice and I think like, it's just you and me to be honest <laughs> no it's not trust me I know so many artists who are like can't pay their rent and they're like not so okay. well I'm also and I'm also really too sure you know what I mean I mean, I'm super frugal with yeah. with other things and pretty much everything. It's actually my art that is the most expensive. Like, um, you know, by me setting all these artist rules for myself of, okay, I only have to shoot film, which that's expensive. And then now I have this new thing, which is like, I'm only printing my work in the darkroom. And that's also really expensive. Um, and I wouldn't trade it for anything though. Like, um, I'm really excited about about those things. But, um, but yeah, it comes back to that as an artist, the balance between business and your art and commissions and the whole nine yard. Um, and I had a great, great conversation with my friend Brittany about just hustling and how, I mean, she was working multiple jobs on top of being a model and an actress and going to acting classes and having to pay for those classes and just, ev just everything, you know, I'm like, oh my God, like you work so hard, you know, and, and people need to, to know that, um, and realize that these artists who are made it, you don't even know really yeah. what's really going on. And I mean, some people magically just have it happen and it's yeah. like easy peasy life, but I don't fucking know those people, you know? <laughs> And when they're at the top, you know, like yeah. I, one of my best friends here has like my dream quote unquote career, but it's like, but you so know, they have their own, they have their own problems differently. I, I feel like we almost all have, we all have problems for sure. But I almost feel like, I almost feel like the level of problems we all have is often similar too. It's just different or you know, maybe, maybe someone has like a lot of different problems, problems, but smaller. And, and then we take it for granted that we don't see those things as issues. And I don't know, it's, it's um, I think that that's one of the reasons why these conversations is so great. Cause it lets people know that like all, each of our issues are different, but we all have issues that we're trying to overcome. And that's the important thing I think is being aware of them and working working on them. Are you, are you reading any good books right now? Um, You're like, I don't read, I just create. <laughs> well, it's not true, but not particularly. Um, I was gonna say something. There's a book that Jamie's reading that he's obsessed with right now called Slight Edge or The Slight Edge and I know that it would resonate with you and I can't wait to pick it up because he's been telling me all about it. 
And it's just all about that difference factor. You know what I mean? And the big thing that he said is it's about consistency. Like um, he, he said, he's like, every day I'm working out and doing something, even if it's just like a plank, I'm doing something every day. Like I'm not skipping. I'm never not, you know what I mean? And he's doing this thing with his, um, with his daughter, Ellie. They've been doing planks every day, every night and each and they've been like increasing the amount they've gotten to seven minutes that she's wow. doing wow. and they'll do so they started out they did like a one minute plank today and then tomorrow they did 30 seconds and then the next day they did two minutes so it would be like up down up and then they just kept increasing and increasing right. and it was that again slight edge but it's not we just about, about that, remember you know like keeping statistics mm -hmm. right you know comparing your production to like one week to the next. Yeah. Super important. And I do that every single week. I do that every single week. I, I calculate how much money I made that week, how much art I made that week, how many reaches I had that week, you know, whatever you feel yeah. is like, um, think that shows your production and how well you're doing. And then I'll compare it to the last week. And if I'm like super down, I'll be like, well, what the fuck have I been doing? Have I been yeah. like, you know, taking two hour baths every day? Do I need to be doing that? No. <laughs> or whatever, you know, like, have I been drawing this certain thing and nobody fucking likes it or whatever, you know, that's super important as well. Yeah, that's, that, that's great advice to met. It's because it's, it's hard to grow if you're not measuring. Because you know? if, and if you are, it, if you are, then you're weaving it too much to outside circumstances. Absolutely. This Absolutely. way you're, you're putting a big part of it in your control now. Yeah. Um, and I've always been, and my dad has always taught me to control what you can control, you know? And so if that's going to, he always talked about it more like business-like, like for interviews or something. He's like, well, you can control what you look like. You can control that you're, you're wearing a belt and that, your belt and your shoes match and that you're wearing blah, blah, blah. you know what I mean? He's like, talks kind of like that. And, and that, I mean, I think that's can be compared to pretty much anything. And I'm, I'm taking that to heart right now in the circumstances of fuck. Okay. I'm going to control what I can control. And you know, there was, um, I, I had put out on tangible house. I asked people like, what are you doing during quarantine and things like that. And, and one of the responders had said that she's, um, she's applying for jobs mm -hmm. because, because she's a, uh, a recent graduate mm -hmm. and um, she wants to stay in America, but she's, I think she's from Europe. Mm -hmm. And I had told her like, and she didn't realize this because she was caught up kind of, I think in that, that um, survival mode feeling. I forgot about it up until you just brought it up again. I was like, every once in a while in the day, I'll be like, oh yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And um, I had told her that it's probably not the best time to be actually applying for the jobs, right? But I said, I said, this is a great time to prepare, to work on your resume, um, right. to have a hit list of the jobs that you wanna be applying to and all of those things um and again i kind of control what you can control and be aware of your circumstances and right now like i can't i mean you're in london it's not like we can have this conversation in person anyway but um i can't be having these conversations like in a studio or something so and, and getting all these people together because Hello. Hola. Hola. What happened? God only knows. God Wi-Fi shit in London. Oh. Um, it doesn't matter. I was rambling anyway. So <laughs> um, the uh, biggest thing I was trying to say is that I'm just trying my best to take advantage of we're all in a, like you wake up, you're in a situation, you're in a circumstance and you have to not complain. Grant Cardone, who we love so much, right? 
was all, was all about that. He's like, don't, don't be a little bitch, you know, don't complain. What are you going to do about it? Um, not to call out one of my friends, I won't say his name, but I had messaged him yesterday and I was like, you know, how you holding up? Like, what, what's up, man? Because we hadn't caught up. And he said he was bored. You know, I just, I almost didn't even want to text him back because I'm just like, I, I'm like, do something. I don't remember the last, I have way too much shit to fucking worry about to be bored. Oh my God, I'd love to be bored. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and then, you know, and Jamie was- I surround myself with people who don't let me be bored. Yes. Because it fucking annoys the fuck out of me. Yeah. Because there's eight people telling me what to do. I surround myself with people who don't let me be bored. And they're like, hey, what do you, you know? So. Uh, when Jamie was over yesterday, he was saying how it was either, I think it was like relatives of his, like cousins or something like on the East Coast that he was catching up with had said, because um, he was like, what have, what have you guys been doing? And he's like, oh, the, this person was saying that they're just home and drinking and watching TV. And I'm like, and he was like, bye. Yeah. You know, I don't got time for that kind of mentality. Yeah. Um, and fuck, if anything, I just wish there was more time in the day, you know, like last night, it just became one o'clock in the morning before I knew it. And, um, yeah, I'm just so, ex I'm honestly just so excited about so many things. Yeah, that's great. Regardless of the quarantine, I hope everyone is staying, staying safe. It's really gnarly, um, how it's affecting, affecting people. And even in LA, my roommate was telling me that, um, someone he knows just got diagnosed and is like showing like like having bad symptoms like can't breathe and they had to turn her away because they don't have any ventilators right. you know like that's what she needs is the ventilator so they're not just going to keep her there sitting for no reason like you know what I mean like they don't have anything for her which is really really tough so I don't want to stay on that topic but I just hope everyone's staying positive and um, healthy and everything. And, and I mean, the thing is, like, this is the challenge of our time. Never in my fucking wildest dreams would I have thought yeah. that I would live in a free country like yesterday. You know, our lockdown only happened uh, only happened two nights ago. Really? So yesterday there were police in the fucking park. You know, wow. making sure people were not just sitting around. You have your one time of exercise a day. I mean, you can obviously get around that, but it's like, wow, never in my life did I think I'd see police telling people, telling a guy sitting on a bench that he needs to like exercise or go home, you know? Hmm. And, um, but this is the challenge of our time and, you know, artists and through history have had way, have had fucking challenges, you know, world wars and and Spanish flu and this and that, you know, and this is our challenge. I'm noticing, I don't know about you, but I'm noticing like a lot of people um, growing from this thing, big yeah. time and realizing what matters to them. And exactly. I mean, I we wanna... had it so good. We had it so good. <laughs> what did we not have? If you're fucking young and healthy and can, at least pay your rent, you know what I mean? Fucking hell. Yeah. We had so damn good. And, you know, I hope when this is all over that we can really appreciate the little things. You know, I was walking today and I see all these people really focusing on exercising and really focusing on, you know, spending time with themselves and reading new books and learning new skills. And, yeah. you know, if you're not like, terrified about how you're going to pay your rent you're really lucky in this time to be able to like learn a new skill or whatever exactly exactly um yeah i'm not taking it for granted and this yeah. opportunity for sure um i think we've been talking for like how long which is awesome and if I anyone who's made it to this point give them a round of yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, it was an amazing conversation, and, and I really appreciate it. Before we end, though, 
something that I've been asking everyone um, is what is your life mantra? Um, what are like words that you live by? What are words that I live by? It could be a single, it could be a single word. It could be a phrase. It could be multiple. Um, yeah, and you can always change it every day. You know, maybe it's just today's mantra. Something can be done about it. I always keep that, that view in mind. You know what I mean? Like, I've been through the worst lows, and everything destroyed and sick and can't do shit and in the hospital and this and that, you know, and I've been, you know, meeting my idols and like having them enjoy my art and selling art to people I admire, whatever, you know, so like in any situation, no matter where you're at, something can be done about it. Something can you know, you can create something to get yourself out of any situation. Um, just gotta do it. I love that. Yeah. Well, Miss Tiffany, it was a pleasure, as always, to see your beautiful face and talk with you. Um, do me a favor and put together some of your favorite art pieces that you would like me to share with this because uh, I'm going to do a nice feature on tangiblehouse.com and um, this goes on YouTube, yeah? on YouTube on YouTube on Spotify and it will be on iTunes probably by the time someone listens to this but iTunes was taking oh. some time to to uh, approve us um, I know, because they probably saw Tangible House and Nick Sabato, and they're like, man, that filthy animal. We got to really look into that. <laughs> we got we to look into this shit. Any of, the, of the, my amazing stories about Nick. But yeah, but the, yeah, we'll save those for a, a never. <laughs> um, but the website will be cool because we'll have, you know, I'll, I'll do a nice write-up about, I've been taking some notes, and it'll, it'll show your beautiful artwork as, as well as our... Um, video conversation and, and all of that. But thank you for joining me. Um, stay positive and keep on creating. I always know that you're, I always know you're doing well if we're, if we aren't communicating because it means you're creating. And if you're not doing well, we usually, ah, like, let's be positive, talk about it. Nick, give me some ideas. <laughs> let's sit down with our notebooks and eat massive amounts of Indian food. Yeah. I look forward to, to that, though, in the future. Yeah, me too. I know. Right. Well, I'll be coming back to L.A. in the next year. Okay, good. And I hope to be coming to London, so. Yeah. I love I you. Love you. Bye, my dear. Okay, bye. I don't know how to stop. As long as we leave the club, baby, yeah. I got the garden reservations, play for two.